Egypt's stock index hits an all-time high. From over a thousand cities and 126 countries, Care Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Care Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Dong. Fair trade deals dominated the African agenda at the just-concluded BRICS summit. In a time when African countries are drowning in debt, struggling with high inflation and weakened local currencies, Africa is looking for new allies and a new way of doing business. Will BRICS inform the new world order or will it be business as usual? Ondir Oganga brings us the analysis. Curtains have finally fallen in South Africa after hosting the maiden BRICS summit on the continent. Africa finally had its turn to host the summit and an opportunity to share the continent's political and development agenda with new allies. The host nation being the only African country in the bloc played an instrumental role in expanding BRICS by championing for admission of new members. While announcing the outcome of the 15th summit, President Cyril Ramaphosa introduced to the world new members of BRICS. We've decided to invite the Argentine Republic the Arab Republic of Egypt, the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. To become full members of BRICS, the membership will take effect from the 1st of January 2024. With the annual theme being BRICS and Africa, Partnership for Growth, Development and Inclusive Multilateralism, leaders used the opportunity to highlight the African agenda. Challenging the global order of doing business, Zambia's President Hakainde Hichilema pointed out that relationships must be structured in a way that benefits local citizens, with BRICS leading reforms of the old order of relations. The cost of capital is what I'm talking about. Africa, as we have already acknowledged, pays a higher cost of capital than any other on the globe. Certainly, the BRICS platform could and should be used to work through, to expedite the reform processes around this issue, which is inhibiting development, which our young populations much need to create opportunities for education, health, uh, business, work, as it were, and other life-improving activities. Passing the baton to his West African counterpart, President Nana Dodankwa Kufu Ado also did not hesitate to call out the lack of consideration of Africa at a global scale. This comes after world leaders, including UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, called for Africa to get a permanent seat at the United Nations Security Council. Despite the diverse voices, Africa is still serving on the Council as a non-permanent member. The contemporary world has moved on significantly from the post-1945 world, which gave rise to the birth of the United Nations and the makeup of the Security Council. The world of 2023 is not the world of 1945. The crisis of the global financial institutions and of global governance under the United Nations system, which were created from the rubble of the Second World War, is a deep crisis. It will continue until a fair system is put in place, a system that reflects the new balances, no longer based on who won or lost the Second World War, but on the major contemporary and future balances. 
With key issues having been raised, the question remains, is there a place for Africa in BRICS as a worthy partner? David Moyai, international relations and foreign policy expert, says BRICS is a golden opportunity for Africa. According to Professor Moyai, Africans have a golden opportunity to foster new relations that can help disrupt the norm. Uh, they will be building upon the Africa Agenda 2063, uh, the need to speed the process of integration uh, through connectivity issues of infrastructure development, uh, requiring uh, massive uh, injections of investments, uh, funding of this infrastructure. Um, climate change, which we have mentioned, is directly affecting the continent, even though uh, the continent hasn't been uh, responsible for the uh, the destruction of, 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 of the environment. Despite having a front seat to the summit, the majority of the continent is still on the sidelines. Egypt will have a go in January following its admission to BRICS. However, the country is struggling with soaring inflation, which reached an all-time high of 41% in June. The economy is also grappling with currency shortages due to the war in Ukraine. Randa Hamid, an economist in Cairo, Egypt, says the country hopes the new alliance can inject some form of stability into the economy. We're hoping that by joining uh, the BRICS, uh, we will secure more FDIs, we will build on our foreign reserves, and we will also be able to develop ties with potentially able to uh, open new trading uh, partners and maybe integrate to the world economy. Uh, we will feel that we might gain more voice and bargaining power in international, on international issues. Uh, we will be uh, positioning ourselves and maybe getting more trade, which is uh, essential for securing the foreign currency, foreign exchange, which has been really, uh, which we have been really struggling with since uh, the world, since the war in Ukraine. Uh, because, of course, we're one of the nations where our trade balance is always in uh, a deficit. And so we're hoping to find new channels and more business opportunities. And, of course, that will reflect on the economic growth and on the, of course, the per capita income and on the people, on the people on the street that they feel uh, the progress in the economy. The potential of the continent is undeniable. Africa is a continent with over 1.4 billion people with a GDP of 3,144 billion US dollars and is expected to grow by 4.2% in 2024. However, the burden it bears is heavy. Public debt as a share of GDP reached an average of 56% in sub-Saharan Africa in 2022, exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic, global economic slowdown and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. African leaders are looking to BRICS for solutions. However, experts think otherwise. It's not clear that any one grouping is going to be the solution for all of the region's requirements. What we do know is that there has been a lack of investment within Africa for a long period of time. The perceptions that in a world of higher interest rates, especially higher interest rates in developed markets, that there are somehow greater credit risks associated with investing in African economies, the demand by global investors for what we call higher risk premia. They want to see higher returns if they're going to be taking 
taking on the risk of putting more money into African infrastructure in a world where the cost of capital is higher. This hasn't necessarily suited the needs of African economies. So I think one of the major thrusts here is to not suggest that the BRICS grouping is going to be the solution on its own to all of that, but to ask, is there another way? Mm. Are there other ways, perhaps through the multilateral development bank now associated with the BRICS, the new development bank? Is there a way of scaling up finance to a region where the need for that financing is still very great? As BRICS adjourns, African leaders wait with bated breaths to see if the key issues they raise will be addressed or if BRICS will turn a blind eye like the rest of the world. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Egypt's stock index hit an all-time high of 18,660, fueled by investors who aim to safeguard their savings from the mounting inflation triggered by successive currency devaluations and the repercussions of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The country's rate surged. The country's inflation rate surged to 36.5% in July, the highest rate since records began in 1958, and well above the upper limit of the central bank's target range of 5 to 9% due to a low base effect and an unparalleled spike in food inflation, which reached its peak of 68.4% in July. Meanwhile, the central bank of Egypt unexpectedly raised its key overnight deposit rate by 100 basis points to 29 to 19.25% in August 2023, pushing up borrowing costs to the highest level since 1992. Trading in shares of Hong Kong-listed China Evergrande Group, a prominent debt-laden Chinese mainland property developer, resumed on Monday after more than 17 months, but they plummeted nearly 79%, losing some $2.2 billion in the market value as investors reacted negatively to the company's announcement of its first-half results. Although the company said its first-half loss had narrowed year-on-year despite the overall market downtrend, investors seemed cautious on hopes of a rapid recovery. Evergrande shares closed at 0.35 US dollars, down from 1.65 US dollars on March 18th, 2022, the last trading day before the suspension took effect on March 21st, 2022. In a filing to the Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing Limited, Evergrande said it had fulfilled all the conditions for the resumption of trade in its shares from Monday, Evergrande's interim financial report showed fast half revenue rose 44% year-on-year to 128.1 billion yuan, about 17.5 billion US dollars, with about 120 billion yuan coming from the property development business. Yet the company posted a net loss of 39.2 billion yuan, but compared to a loss of 86.17 billion yuan in the first half of last year, this year's first half performance was much better. In total, liabilities fell marginally to 2.3 trillion yuan at the end of June from 2.44 trillion yuan at the end of 2022. And for a quick trip around Africa, Egypt said the latest talks on Ethiopia's giant Nile Dam ended without a breakthrough, but vowed to press ahead with efforts to reach a binding argument on filling and operating its seas as essential to safeguarding vital water flows. Two days of discussions between Egyptian, Ethiopian and Sudanese officials in Cairo did not witness any tangible change in the Ethiopian side. The talks were the first formal negotiations on the $5 billion Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam in more than a year after the 
African Union-led attempts to broker a solution stalled. Egypt and Sudan, which rely on the Nile River for almost all their freshwater, have repeatedly criticized Ethiopia for taking unilateral moves in the dam's operations, warning that the possible impact on downstream flows. Ethiopia sees the project on the Nile's main tributary as a key part of its development goals and has sought to downplay Egypt and Sudan's concerns. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at the Dong.